You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. And it's a humbling thing to kind of recognize that there is a certain amount of integration between my personal and professional life, even if it is just the journey of exploring concepts and how they feel and how they show up in practice. And that this is not only something that I do in areas in my work, but I do this in life. Yo, I really do live my shit. Hello, hello, and welcome to Pause on the Play. As always, it's amazing to see you here where you are reminded to examine your beliefs, question your predisposed notions, and consider realities you may have been unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here along with my co-host, India Jackson, to get the dialogue going. Y'all, I love (laughs) the fact that I have a co-host and sometimes I get to have somebody flip the script on me because it is nice to be able to be like, oh, this is what it's like on the other side because this episode, India is actually interviewing me. And occasionally, I think when you are usually the person doing the interviewing, it's nice to, on your own platform and your own energy, to sometimes flip that and to be the person being interviewed. Because when you're on someone else's platform, you know you know what you need to do to kind of show up in a certain way, or at least you have it in your head and you try to do your best to get there because, you know, it's not always easy and it's not always easy for everyone. However, when you're in your own home and you get an opportunity to have somebody show up like, I got you, let me do this. Let me ask you some things. It's like, oh, okay. And so India asked me some really great questions about integration. And I love the fact that in Pause on the Play, the community, Integration is something that really is a cornerstone of what we do. It's so important because we don't want to just, you know, have conversations or give content for the sake of content, and then there's nothing done with it. It really needs to become a part of how you're creating action, how you're learning and unlearning and moving through the world and being more equitable. And so being able to dig into this was such a great conversation, and I'm super excited for y'all to listen in or to continue reading the article. So without further ado, let's get it going. Hello there. Hello. How are you? I am good. I'm excited for today, getting to flip the script a little bit. Woohoo! I'm here for <laughs> it. I like it. I like it. So I know that 
we have these lovely themes that we go into, these topics that we spend a month digging into inside our community. And in that process, we have the opportunity to really dig deep and explore different concepts and in different ways from workshops to conversations to co-working time to get things done to even journal prompts and sharing resources like podcast episodes to all provide perspective that we can then integrate back into action. A keyword is integrate. <laughs> yes. Because I think we have a similar value that consuming and consuming and consuming and not taking action with it um, is not what we're here for. <laughs> we're here to get both. And so I thought it'd be fun to dig into what that has looked like for you because so often over here in this podcast, you're interviewing other people. <laughs> <laughs> that. I, I mean, actually, I'm I'm excited about that. One, I I like the fact that I'm getting an opportunity to kind of show up on the other side and to be able to also kind of showcase that, you know, I have my own work that I do and I'm, am, you know, doing it imperfectly, but also still being dedicated to it. And yeah, I'm like, please ask me the question. So in case I missed anything, I can go work on myself. Because <laughs> that's the thing, too. Well, there's that. And can we just be honest? There's also, you know, this insidious thing that I see in the the brand representative face of the brand world where we talk about our clients, we talk about the work that they're doing and the results that they're getting. But it's easy to forget to talk about yourself and to humanize yourself. Um, and also like what you do is so unique. It's not too many people in the world that can say that they're a DEI consultant or a coach um, that comes from that lens. And so I think there's probably some curiosity of different areas of what your day-to-day -day look like and the types of things that you as someone who does this work is working on for yourself. I like it. I like it a lot. Let's do it. I'm here cool, for cool. it. Cool. <laughs> so, I mean, I just want to start with saying like, you know, if there's any, like, one thing that has really been on your radar that you are learning right now in this moment that you would like to share with the listeners of this podcast? <sighs> one thing. Um, <laughs> right. One. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, one, you know how many things I'm trying to dig into? So I'm going to say that there's a lot of things simultaneously that I've been digging into. Some of it has obviously been like, for me, my personal spirituality and practice. It's been uh, gardening and plants. This is the first time I am trying container gardening and I got lettuce and all types of stuff growing, which I'm really excited about. And at the same time, I think the thing that I have probably been really grappling with the most has been imperfection. Um, because it's something that we talk about often. And I regularly have to remind myself that I'm not going to do everything in the ideal way. Um, I have to check in on whether or not the expectations that I have of myself are realistic or not uh, for that moment in time. And I'm really trying to check in as to whether or not I am being, if I'm giving myself the same type of 
grace that I'm giving others. So I'm, I'm really checking in on, you know, what's my stories, what's not my story, um, where it is that I can be supportive and still be gentle with myself and really just, you know, questioning whether or not this is mine or this came from someone else. And I, I feel like that really going there is a big part of leadership for me. Cause if I don't do that, then I'm no good to anybody as a leader. Do you feel like there was any specific thing that kind of caused you to start digging more into the perfectionism piece? <laughs> Strangely enough, um, we have a workshop in the community and it's actually coming up today as of recording and it's with uh, Amna Arman, and she's talking about bad art. And that term that she used about creative hoarding kind of triggered something in me, and it made me start to question some old stories and old narratives um, around perfection, around um, what creativity really is or isn't, and what's good enough. So it's really been kind of pushing up against some of those boundaries and things and being like, mm, you sure is this, is this a thing or did you tell yourself it was a mm. thing because that was the thing to do? So that's really been kind of pushing up against some edges for me. Yeah, that that one's been pushing up for me in a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I did not expect this to make me as itchy as it's making me in a good way. But I'm like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? Like, it, it's really it's really interesting when you pause and you think about it through that lens, which I had not before, which honestly is what makes it so powerful. I had no idea how the lack of creative output, how the perfectionism and how the it's not good enough ties back into these old stories of I'm not good enough and me being like, oh, wait, no, you can't live here. But I'm recognizing them and I'm like, oh, there's some work to be done here. So I'm just curious to know, as you've begun to unpack that, have you started to discover, and I know your answer might be very different after this workshop that's actually taking place today, but right. have you already identified any specific things or categories that you are hoarding? <laughs> uh, Yeah, I have. So I'm going to go ahead and just say it out loud because it's like, if I don't, then it's easy to tell myself that like, oh no, you can shrink it and hide it. It's okay because nobody knows. I'm someone that does really good with outside accountability um, as a general statement. Sometimes I feel like picking, other times I need that. But I have been wanting to write a book for years. Um, I'm someone that loves words. So poetry um, is something that's always been inherent for me. Um, I've always been told that I'm good at asking like really potent questions and just the thoughts that I have in my head and the way that things come out for me, which aren't always linear, but they're always very like, there's something there. Um, and I've been really scared to finish outlining this book that half of it already, honestly, all of it exists. It's just putting it together. Half has been outlined. And I just keep hitting a point where the 
further and further I get in it, I'm like, "Mm, maybe not yet. Maybe it's not good enough yet. And so I'm like, girl, what you doing? What you you doing? (laughs) Why are you doing this? So I feel like I heard that in my voice. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) Like, Erica, what are you doing? Right. This book been ready. I have a client that I see like once a month because I do um, very rarely, but occasionally I'll go into my salon and work and for the people that I've had for years and I love them. And I have a client that every month when I see her, she's like, did you write your book yet? You put out that book yet? I'm waiting on your book. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> she's going to put this book out. And this might be a stereotype, but like anybody especially if you are black knows how old black ladies are. Oh, you don't play with old black ladies. I'm like, she going to get me if I don't put this book out. <laughs> so there's that part too. I'm like, <laughs> this. And she's just like, you have too much good stuff. The world needs it. And she's constantly reminding me of this. And she's not the only person, but she's someone that isn't, you know, someone that I see on a regular basis. And she is determined. She's not going to let me forget. And, for some reason it's just come up lately that it's like I need to really embody the imperfection that I remind my clients and our members of pause on the plate community that you know imperfection is not only desirable but it's welcome like I need to do that for myself yeah I as you share that you know tying it back into DEI you know I have you to think for my awareness that we also need to question like what what standard are you trying to compare yourself to? Right. 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 Who who's determining what perfection is? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Has anything come up for you as you um as I share that uh, that you could share with the the listeners and the readers of the podcast? Because I know perfectionism is such a big thing for so many people. So the the interesting thing about it for me is that back in January in the community, we were talking about amplifying your influence, right? And um, while I don't necessarily consider myself an influencer, I was told by my child who said that an influencer is somebody that influences people. <laughs> Thank you to children <laughs> in the simplicity of things that I am an influencer. And I think there's this resistance to putting something out and me questioning, is this influential enough? Would this be good enough? Is this going to work? Is it going to be, you know, not received? And as Erica Badu has said, like, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit. So there's this piece of like, will it be received well? And if it's not, what does that mean about me? And it's Mm. just, it's head trash. And I know that. And here I am with a whole book that I just won't release all at the same time. Do you feel like your identity has anything to do with that enoughness that comes up or it's not perfect enough that comes up? Um, I do. I, I know that. I mean, some of it I received as stories um, from like families of origin growing up. But there's also that piece of as a black woman, is it good enough? And I can't say that I know 100% where that came from or why there's any traction that that story is getting. 
but there is some of that there. And I think the reason that that particular piece bothers me so much is because like there are so many white men and white women that will put out half-ass books on a daily basis and they will be bestsellers. So I'm like, why am I telling myself this lie? Because people will put books out all over the place and they will be terrible. And they think nothing (laughs) of it. And they get paid well for it. And so I want to put out something that is actually, you know, thought out, heartfelt, comes from a place of, of love and intention and support. And I'm the one that's questioning that. And I have to really, you know, step like like move back and be like why am i letting this white supremacist narrative tell me that as a black woman what i have to bring isn't curated enough or good enough to be put out right now like i and i know it's a lie this is where i got to remind everybody like i'm not perfect and i have my own stuff to go through but like i i can recognize it and i will say that there was a time in my life that i may not have fully recognized it for what it was and that it wasn't my truth and i'm still trying to push it away all at the same time it's a process mm-hmm. and i'm tired of this process i need this process to be processed with the ed <laughs> on the end <laughs> Uh, I'm so here for all of this. And I mean, you know, but I just want to say it for those that don't accountability right here. <laughs> I know. Did you do the book? <laughs> That's why I was like, oh, I'm gonna say it out loud. Now I can't run from it. <laughs> I can't run from it anymore. <laughs> now you're going to have everyone showing up in your DMs. I know. Where's this book? <laughs> We're ready. <laughs> It was so funny because I hit a point last Thursday where like the muses and my inspiration, all all my people showed up and was like, sit down for a minute. And I just poured out pages and pages of prompts and some could be shared. Some were just for me, but all of them, I was like, ooh, I hadn't thought about this one before. And it was just that reminder that There's so much power and so much richness and so much amazingness that is always there. And I have to remind myself that it's a necessity to model that if you're open for it, so much glory and goodness is constantly being delivered to you if you're open to receiving it. Learning for the sake of learning is never the thing. And talking just for the sake of talking, well, that doesn't necessarily do it either. This is why Pause on the Play, the community, really does give you the best of both worlds. We have amazing things that show up for you to be able to learn new things, new ways of being, things that you can integrate into your imperfect allyship, how you can break up with your imposter and how it is that you can be the change that you want to see or being in a room of people that you can be in conversation with that want to be in action and that want to change this world, not only just the world around them, but the world at large for the better. You too can be a part of this amazing energy and figuring out how this can support where you want to go and how it can facilitate you being able to integrate what you're bringing into your world as well. We'd love to have you. You can join today by coming on over to pauseontheplay.com forward slash community. 
I want to switch gears a little bit. Yes. I know on the show, one of the things that you talk about a lot is reconsidering your normal. I mean, the whole show is reconsidering what's normal and how your normal may not be the same as someone else's. And I'm really curious to know, as you dove into reconsidering your normal, um, like even deeper in February of this year with our community, um, but also just throughout the last year and this year so far, has there any normals that have come up for you that you've been reconsidering? Actually, yes. We had a Q&A session. Um, actually, it wasn't a Q&A session. You know what it was? It was a community conversation. So mm. for anyone that doesn't know, we have conversations where um, it's a one-hour session that we'll do sometimes, and it really just gives us an opportunity to be in conversation with one another. We usually kind of tend to put it around like some piece of content or something so that we have a kind of a jumping off point. And in, in February, we talked about uh, mix being, the article was called mixed up um, stories that honor multiple sides to one's identity. And the very interesting thing about that conversation for me was that that was a part of me recognizing I don't know why it never had hit me in the same way, but I really recognize that part of my imperfect allyship is to my children. I identify as a black woman. Both of my parents are black. My children are not. They are black and they are white. They have uh, multiple parts of them that show up. There's French Canadian in there. There's Italian in there. And it's like, oh, okay, wait. Y'all self-identify as Black. And from every person that I've ever known throughout my life and from content that I've taken in, um, including experts and coaches and professionals out there, um, when you are mixed or um, multiracial, there's a lot of different parts of your identity that you are reconciling, exploring, and figuring out what really feels like it is yours, as well as how the world processes you and how it takes you in. Um, and sadly, in some cases, will spit you out. And recognizing that I identify differently than my children and that the things that I am doing to support them is a part of my allyship to them. It really hit me. And in that recognizing of the things that I do to help them to figure out their sense of self, um, how they navigate the world, how they perceive themselves in reference to people and and things and events that happen around them, that has been a very interesting journey to be in that I'll always be on um, from a place of awareness and that I am here to always be an imperfect ally to you and to support you as much as I can in being able to figure out how you choose to navigate life, knowing that that's not uh, a static thing, that it's it, it moves and it ebbs and it flows, but that it's really important for them to know that they are not alone in this journey. Hmm. Powerful, powerful, powerful. And <laughs> I've, I've witnessed some of that happening and there's just no words to describe really what's been showing up for you and how you're parenting your kids <laughs> as somebody who's not a parent yet. No, but you I see just, a lot of that process of people like yeah. pe me and people like myself that are in similar situations that have children that um, are multi-ethnic. And I, it's interesting when I 
am able to hear back from you what you're processing and what you're witnessing. Because for those of us in it, we're just in it. And kind of getting that feedback from you has also been very, very supportive and a pivotal part of the process for me. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But also thank you for actually like, I mean, it sounds simple and silly, right? Thank you for putting in the work to, to be a great ally to your children. But I think it's something that's just not on the radar for many people. And, you know, children don't ask to be here. So it always just really touches my heart to see how much you are constantly thinking of how you can support them and create a better future for them as a whole. Mama tries, mama tries. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you're modeling a certain amount of decision-making process and behavior and approach to parenting that I'll be the first to say in some of the people that I've been exposed to, maybe they've never seen before. Um, But there's a lot to learn and pick up from there. (laughs) I didn't see it before. And it wasn't even just about my experiences, but I grew up at a time that parenting was definitely very different um, as a general statement across the board. And so, you know, I don't parent in a way that I've really seen before. And so there was no uh, there was no blueprint for it at all. And it's still it's very much a work in progress. And it's 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 very collaborative. It's co-created. It is not I am the parent. Do what I say. It is very much. Let's talk about that. Even when it's like things that like my son asked me something yesterday. He didn't like my answer to it. And. I I shared my thoughts around it, but I also shared what my thoughts and feelings were around his response. Like it was a whole thing. And so I, I make sure that it's not just about I'm going to do what I want to do beyond the fact of, yes, I am the adult in the sense that you don't know everything yet. And so I am here to guide you. So there are going to be some things where like I have to put the proverbial foot down on because it's like, no, like you, 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 you're not there yet to understand this, but I really do try to make sure that it's coming from a collaborative space um, so that they can understand cause and effect and action and reaction. And that it's not just about, I'm doing what I was told. Um, I could never ask for what I want. I can't share that I have feelings and desires and, and wants and, um, feelings and emotions, like we navigate those things very openly. Um, and I, I hope that this serves them as they continue to grow in being able to um, navigate life and approach things from a, a, a more holistic and, and a place that's equitable for everyone, but it's more supportive for them to understand, like, I can have wants, I can have feelings, I can say yes, I can say no. And to 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 be able to be a little bit more open and to not just be a victim but an active participant in life. Yeah, as you share that, it um for whatever reason it, it takes me back to you <laughs> very early in working with me, um <laughs> guiding you through social media and showing up online and how even then, you know, you were thinking about do I you know, I don't want to put my children online. Right. And that boundary there that 
I think is not necessarily something that everyone thinks about or considers as to are they going to do that or not? And then why and how? And what's theirs to share and what's not theirs to share? There's just so much that comes up even in that one tangible decision of parenting. Oh, Oh, yeah. Well, and I didn't even think about it as much then other than the fact that I felt like I wanted them to have a choice on kind of what was put out. Now, the reality is, is I've had family members that have done it. And back in the day, there were a few things that went up, but like I shut that down pr- pretty quickly. Um, and I have, I don't do it at all. And there's zero on Instagram um, because I want their online presence to be something that they consented to. And um, while I have shared stories, these have been stories that it's like, hey, you know, you okay if I talk about this or it has been talked about very, very openly. So it's not something that's like in the house conversation. Um, I don't share those types of things because they need to be able to know from a young age that they always have access to consent. And I don't think that children are really given that narrative very often at all. Oh, go ahead and hug them. Why are you being like that? Now you, you need to say good morning. Like there's a lot of pushing that doesn't allow them to honor their feelings and where they are, which is actually why I'm really excited. We have a workshop coming up for that in June, like super excited for that. Um, But children (laughs) are basically just meant to be like extensions of us and almost like dolls. Like you do what I tell you to do and you feel how I tell you to feel. And I consciously do not force my children to feel a way that they don't want to feel. Now there might be things that I need you to do, Like, you're not going to like if I tell you to clean your room sometimes. Like, that's what you got to do. But I can't tell you how to feel about it. You have the right to feel however you want to feel about it. And I didn't get that at a young age. I don't know anybody that grew up in my age bracket that got that um, at a young age. And so it's really important that my children understand that they have the option and, uh, you know, access to feel how they want to feel and to choose you know, what, what they kind of want to say yes and no to so they don't become adults that struggle with that as much as possible. I can't fix everything, but let me try to plant some, some good roots. Right. I mean, I feel like you can't talk about family and children and DEI without also talking about like what is essential to you and what does freedom look like? And I'm wondering what you've learned in those two areas and how you're integrating that. <sighs> I know that's a big question. <laughs> I was going to say freedom. If freedom is a big, a big concept. And as a black woman in America, I'm having to remind myself that I have more access to being free than what I feel like I do sometimes, even if it's only in my own head. And so I have to decide on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis, what is freedom for me? Um, what do I need that to be right now? And figuring out how, how to get through that. Like, that's been a big thing. And, I mean, what's essential? Honestly, just making time for things that I want and need that aren't necessarily what I do, but then realizing, just like I'm realizing in this conversation, um, and and letting everybody in to kind of witness me even doing this, that so much of what I do professionally is an extension of what shows up in my life and how I I live. 
on a day-to-day basis. And it's a humbling thing to kind of recognize that there is a certain amount of integration between my personal and professional life, even if it is just the journey of exploring concepts and how they feel and how they show up in practice. And that this is not only something that I do in areas in my work, but I do this in life. And so there's there is, you know, a a very humbling place to be to kind of just recognize like it might not be the same exact carbon copy, but like, yo, know, I really do like live my shit. Like that's the thing. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, imperfectly. I'm not perfect. I wanna make sure y'all understand it. This is not me being like, um, oh, I'm great at this. Oh no, y'all, I, I fuck it up sometimes too. It's a thing, <laughs> but that, but I learn from it. I make sure that mistakes or stumbles are not just for the sake of, oh, this didn't go well, or oh, I failed, or oh, this didn't work out the way I thought. It's a learning opportunity. You know, what can I get from this? And sometimes my overthinking brain can turn it over too many times, but I tell you what, I am not one to let an experience um, go untapped for everything that it's going to provide. I will tell you that. Yeah. I mean, if we're already there. <laughs> right. I might as well go keep on digging and figure out what else is in here and then I'll get out. <laughs> well, I know um, we've covered quite a bit. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you think is important to share? I think the biggest thing that I want to make sure is, you know, really picked up loud and clear, whether you're listening to this episode or reading um, the article that we create for those that want to take it in on our, you know, show notes, aka articles page on our website, is that I don't do this alone. This is not a solo journey. This is about me figuring out things and being in conversation with those that matter to me, being able to witness the experiences of others around me that trust me to be able to, you know, share where they are and and how they are navigating things. And this is all based in literally community. Like it's based in the people around you, the people that you choose to support you, the people that you support, the people that you're interacting with, uh, the people that you are interdependent on. And none of what I have gone through or what I've shared today could be a thing without the people around me that I value and that matter to me most and those that allow me to be a part of their experiences. I feel like that was a good place to stop. No, I'm going to stop it now. Being able to be interviewed by India to talk about how integration shows up for me and being able to have somebody asking me about my integration has been so much fun. And honestly, it's given me some great things to think about. And I know that you will love the episode over on Flaunt Your Fire, where I do the same for India. I ask her about what integration is for her, how it's showing up and how it is that it's facilitating her just becoming more and more of who she is and breaking up with the imposter. So if you want to hear the episode over on the Flaunt Your Fire podcast, where I interview India about her own integration, 
go ahead and check in any of the podcast listeners that you happen to be in right now. Look up Flaunt Your Fire. Give the podcast a follow and a listen today. Oh, that was so good. Oh, that was so good. (laughs) It is really fun to be able to be on the other side in my own space and to have someone asking the questions that I don't always think to ask myself and to have this awareness of what I am just doing and to kind of have a moment to pause of like, wait, there's a lot of things happening here. There's a lot moving, you know, under the surface of what may sometimes feel like still water. And I love the fact that this is a reminder for you to do the same for yourself. This is a reminder to pause and really acknowledge all of the things that you are integrating, all the work that you've done, all the awareness that you have, and to really just understand that there's a lot of work happening, even when sometimes you don't feel like it is. So thank you so much again to India Jackson of Flaunt Your Fire um, and my podcast co-host here um, on Pause on a Play for interviewing me and giving me this opportunity and for allowing each and every one of you to witness it. For that, thank you. I want to also take a second to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the stolen land of the Susquehannock, Piscataway, Nantigua people native to this area known as Maryland. Every single time that you show up here as we are having real conversations and normalizing the challenging things and making them a part of your everyday exchanges for every time you do this, I thank you. Together, this is how we remove stigma and create real change and connection. We cross lines, we recreate boundaries so that we can support one another and not separate. Let's continue together getting more people to drop the veil while challenging their thoughts, feelings, and actions. So until the next time, keep the dialogue going. Bye. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?